You are listening to the Sunday Sermon from Crossroads Bible Church in Bellevue, Washington. To learn more about Crossroads, visit us on our website at cbcbellevue.com. Well, good morning and welcome to our family service. So good to see the kids and see the youth. And I know there's a bunch watching online. I just want to say hello to you as well. And, uh, you know, part of the reason we do a family service is to give our, our volunteers a break so they can be a part of the service with their families. It's the fifth Sunday, kind of a tradition thing we do. And uh, yet, you know, I just want to say thanks to the, the volunteers as well. Without the youth volunteers and the children now having started back our children's ministry back up, we would not have a children or youth ministry. So thank you. Yeah. Amen. As you can see today, our, our theme is good, Give Thanks, and uh, you might wonder, why are we doing a thankful talk this morning? Well, I'm not sure if you caught on or not, but this is the six months from Thanksgiving, almost a half a year. We thought we'd do a little check-in. How are you doing on Thanksgiving, right? It's not just a holiday, it's a way of life. But also, we want to recognize this weekend as it is Memorial Day, and we are grateful for those who have paid the ultimate price to protect our country and so many other countries because of the freedoms that we have. We also know that there are people in this room and online who have, as part of, suffered with this sacrifice. And so we just want to say thank you for, for you and all that, you, all, all that they have done as well. And lastly, I just felt like God has put this message on my heart for the family service because it really is applicable for the whole family. And while this continues to be a challenging season in our lives, God commands us to be thankful in everything. And so we want to talk about what is thankfulness? Why should we be thankful? And then talk through some practical applications of how do we move uh, to a thankful life. Sound good? You in? Everybody's in? Kids? All right, here we go. So what is the opposite of being thankful? Usually there's always some kid that says, unthankful. Yes, you're right. But also, uh, how about grumbling? How about complaining? Now, if you think about this idea, we're going to do a little wake-up exercise, but it requires you to be a little honest and vulnerable, all right? And so I'm going to ask you a question. If it's true of you, I need you to stand up right where you are. We don't need to say anything. We just need to stand up. And this, this might hurt a little bit, but it's important to, uh, as, a, as a church to be able to just be real. So if you have complained sometime this week or the week before, would you please stand up? Now, if you stood up for Bible reading, I know you can stand up. So, uh, all right. So we're all in this together. Okay, you can just sit down here. Now, I got another hard, vulnerable thing for you guys ready for this. I looked up on Google. What are people complaining about? And I wanted to see if the church is any different, right? Now, if, if you don't stand up when I say this, God knows you're lying, and so are your kids. So, if you complained this last week or two weeks about a sister or brother or someone in your family, please stand up. Oh, man, I got some brave people. All right, so we're in this together. Okay, you can sit down. If you complained about wearing a mask this week, please stand up. That's got to be everybody. <laughs> All right, you can sit down. All right, I'm not sure if Steve Curran's here, but if you complained about the Mariners this week, please stand up. I got a few complainers. Okay, that's good. Okay, you can sit down. If you complain about your Wi-Fi this week, you can stand up. All right, we got a couple of my wife's over there. I see her standing up. Okay. If you complain about Zoom this week, you can stand up. <laughs> got a lot of students standing up. All right, if you complain about your job or your school this week, you can stand up. 
All right, so we're all in this, right? We all have different complaints. Now, one more question for you. If you know that God hates complaining, please stand up. All right, so, okay, so we're all in this together, right? You may be seated. Thank you for participating. God honored your, uh, your honesty there. Good job. So we're all guilty. You know, I remember when my, uh, my dad would always say, we asked somebody, we asked him how he's doing, and he says, I can't complain, and it wouldn't help me if I did, right? We know that, but it's even more than that, it doesn't help us. It actually uh, makes God a little, little angry with us. Let me have this first verse here, Numbers 11, 1. And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And the Lord heard it. The anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed outlying parts of the camp. Wow, God hates complaining. How about this one? John 6, 43, Jesus answered them and said, do not grumble among yourselves. And then the Apostle Paul with this one here, do all things without grumbling or disputing. So it's pretty clear, right? God hears our complaining. He's angered by our complaining, and he commands us to not grumble or complain. So, what should we do instead? We should give thanks. Now, I thought, let's just start the very beginning. Let's just get back to the basics. Maybe we just need to learn how to spell the word first, all right? So we're going to spell the word thankful this morning, and I have it up here on the stage, all right? So everybody with me, G-O-O-D-G-R-A-C-E. Why isn't anybody? Oh, I'm so embarrassed. My bad. What I meant was I wanted you to spell the word thankful that actually what it means in Greek. You guys didn't catch that part. My bad. The Greek word for thankful in the Bible actually means it is good grace. You don't believe me? Well, let me show you. It's the word eucharisto. It means uh, it's the part, the EU part is good, and the charis, which means grace, right, is grace, right? So it's actually good plus grace equals thankful. That's kind of interesting. How many knew that this morning? A few of you guys? Am I the only one who kind of was surprised by that? But that's pretty cool, the fact that the word Eucharist, which we do communion, actually means give thanks. So if thankfulness literally means good grace, then we need to ask the question, what does grace mean? The word grace, it means to give gifts, an unearned kindness that God gives us. Now, last December, I preached a sermon. You probably remember, right? The grace resolution that changed your life, right? I actually preached, why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually preached about grace. The whole message was about grace. We always kind of know about the grace that saves us, but the, the, by grace we have been forgiven and are forgiven, and by which we forgive others. It's by grace that we stand and serve and overcome sin. He makes all grace abound, and the grace is sufficient for every trial. And by grace, we can draw near to the throne of God. Everything is grace to grace. So then what does thankfulness mean in light of what we know about good grace? Well, if everything we have is grace, or will have, anything you do or will ever do, or anything you will be or ever be, is, ever, is totally a divine act of grace from God. And if that's true, then the only response is 
to give thanks. Thank you, God, for saving me. I deserved hell. And you came down and you saved me and opened my eyes. Thank you, God, for the gospel. And while you were, I was yet a sinner, you died for me. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God that guides me. Thank you for blessing me as your child and securing eternity through faith forever. If that's true for you this morning, we should be the most thankful people on the planet. Amen? So then the question is, why does God hate complaining or grumbling? And the question is, why do we complain if the most important thing ever has been taken care of us for us? Have you ever given a gift and no one said thank you? Moms, I know, I see you shaking your hands. I see you, yes, I see you down there too, right? Have you ever let somebody in while you're driving and you're like, I'm going to let them in and they don't even wave? <laughs> I hate that. That makes me complain. Moms, have you ever made a meal? Kids, have you ever cleaned your room? Dads, have you ever washed your car? Have you ever gone to work and no one said thank you? How does that feel? It feels empty, right? It's like you do something for someone and they don't respond. And yet what we've learned here today in James 1.17 is that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heaven lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So everything is a gift. Everything you have or are or do or think needs to be thanked because everything is grace. And when we say thank you, we are recognizing His grace in that moment and are calling it good. Hence, good grace. And when we don't say thank you, or worse, complain, we're ignoring or missing His grace by not recognizing that it is good. Why do we complain so much? It's a good question, right? I mean, whether we're frustrated or put out or angry about something, maybe we're just feeling out of control, we feel we deserve better. We're entitled. We're spoiled. We're self-centered. Welcome to family service. Well, here's one example of why some might not give thanks and could explain some of God's frustration. Romans 1.21, it says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. See, thanking God acknowledges His glory. When we refuse to thank Him, we are stealing His glory. I was talking to someone on the beach one day. It was this older woman, and uh, she didn't believe in God, and, and obviously I would try to share my faith with God. We would loved each other, and so through our disagreements, we could have these conversations. Well, she was getting older one day. We were t talking, and we were walking on the beach, and she says, in kind of a slip of tongue, he says, thank God I still have my ability, my mobility. And I said, uh, I looked at her, and she kind of realized what she said. <laughs> Listen to me. Thank God. I don't even believe in God. And I said, exactly. Like, who do you thank? Who do you thank for the ability to walk? In that sense, that's really what we're talking about here, is that a, a foolish heart was darkened. And so is ours when we grumble. When we complain, our hearts are foolish. 
Complaining basically says you don't believe there is a God or you're going to refuse to thank him. If I can just do a quick word, parents here. Truly, our response to circumstances that lead to complaining is an indication of whether or not we believe or don't believe the gospel. If our kids continually hearing us complaining, they see in us someone who doesn't believe in God or have a faith in God because everything is wrong. And that's what we're talking about when it comes to being thankful. It's saying, God, you're in control. I trust you. Why else don't we thank God? Sometimes we forget to thank him. But sometimes it's revealed in our discontent. We're not satisfied. We want more. I remember this happened to me not too long ago. Actually, it felt not too long ago. It feels like not too long ago. It was long ago. When we first got married, my wife, we uh, had an Infiniti G20. Now, back then, that was a great car. One problem, I still owed money on it. So it was like, my wife and I decided, <clears throat> my wife decided that I needed to sell my car and pay it off and buy a car that we could just own outright. Well, God was gracious and gave me a Mitsubishi Mighty Max truck. It was old, but it only had 20,000 miles. And the Mighty Max, did you know my middle name is Max? This truck was meant for me. And I love my truck, and my truck loved me, and we loved each other. We just drove along, right? I mean, you know, 40 miles an hour in the 70. It doesn't matter, right? My truck was getting me places. And I loved my truck, and my truck loved me. Until that one day, I came up to a stoplight, and I looked over, and I saw this nice big white truck. And I thought, wow, that's a nice truck. I went home to my wife, and I was like, hey, honey, what do you think about me getting a new truck? And she's like, a new truck? You love your truck. And I was like, you're right. I love my truck. I don't need a new truck. So I went out and apologized to the Mighty Max. <laughs> he forgave me. And it happened a few more times. Every so often, I'd see this truck right next to me in the stoplight. I'd confess. I'd repent. And we were good from then. And then it happened one time where I was going down to Multnomah for seminary with a buddy of mine. And he had this really nice Passat. I mean, leather seats, heated seats. And I got in that thing, and I just snuggled in all the way down to you know, Portland. I was like, wow, this is a nice car. And then I started realizing, you know what? I could love my Mighty Max more than, than he could love his Passat. So truly, your depth of gratitude doesn't rest in the object of your thankfulness, but in the depth of your gratitude and joy for the object. Let me say that again. Your depth of gratitude doesn't rest in the object of your thankfulness, but in the depth of your gratitude and the joy for the object. It's the object that brings thanksgiving, but it's not the object that brings thanksgiving, but it's your, your heart, your own gratitude. So envying something or being disconnected is really a form of grumbling and complaining. And our flesh, you know, our flesh grows old of things. We always want the new. And that can, that, that's not so bad when it's your truck, but it is bad when it's your spouse or your kids or your job and you're always looking for the next thing. You're discontent. God just has to be thankful in all things and trust me with this. This next one's a little brutal. I'm sorry. It's uh, the idea they hear of, of boasting, right? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, 
Why do you boast as though you did not? Everything we have is from God. And when we take what we have and we point to ourselves, look at me, look at me, right? Or we complain because people aren't looking at me. And that's why I love this little, uh, this little have you ever heard of Steph Curry? Steph Curry loves God and, and he wants everything he does to be pointing to God. And so whenever he scores a basket, he hits his chest and he points to God because he wants to acknowledge God, that he recognizes it's his grace that God has given him ability to shoot and play that he wants to give God glory. So in essence, when we thank God, we're recognizing God. We're recognizing his love and his gifts. It shifts our attention. Instead of ourselves, we, we see God at work in our lives. It brings contentment and joy. It makes us realize how blessed we are, and it lifts us up out of ourselves. Being thankful is recognizing God's good grace in our lives, and it's really just returning it back to him. So here's the question then. When should we be thankful? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. Not sure what part of all isn't all, but I don't think there is, right? It's all, all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, pretty much sums it up, right? All and everything and in everything that we're supposed to give thanks. So, what does it look like to give thanks and everything? Well, thank you, God, for my health. It's grace. Thank you for my food. It's why we say grace, by the way. Is that a mind-blowing? Get it? Grace. Sorry about this. There you go. Sorry about this little thing here. Is that okay? All right. So, it's why we give grace. Thankful for food. We're thankful for a house. We're thankful for a family. We're thankful for friends and for a church and for a bed and for a pillow. We're thankful for a job and a spouse and lucky charms. We're thankful for pa- lucky charms, right? I mean, that's up there. Thank you for my parents, kids. We're thankful for you. These are what we call low-hanging fruit, things that we can be thankful for. But if you dig deeper, you thank for, for God how he's worked in your life, that you were born in America, that you're here, or thankful for faith that God has blessed you with. Thank you for your health and your car and your education. Everything that you have is a gift from God. It's good grace. We just turn it back to him. It's interesting how we do take things for granted, isn't it, though? Imagine you woke up this morning, and you could not hear anything. Or you couldn't see anything. You just literally, you were blind, and you, you were just like, what's going on? And you could not see a thing. Would there be anything else that would be more on your mind to ask God to restore my hearing, restore my sight, or my smell, or my taste if you've had COVID? Do you understand all of a sudden, wow, I never realized. Living in Africa taught me a lot about being thankful. One thing that I keep thinking about, to keep remembering is, um, there's Jojo right there, my youngest. You can see her and the little girl looking at her. Can you see that? Isn't that cute? But in the back, you can see a little kind of brick building there. That's a, that's a bathroom. That's a toilet. We call it pit latrine over there. And uh, what's interesting about that is, uh, that was what my friend Peter had outside his house. He had one for a bathroom, and one for a washroom. And it was right along the main road, so people would walk by this thing day in, day out. It was like the main thoroughfare. 
And it's really a day, a week goes by where I, I'm going to wash my hands or use the restroom in my house. I'm just thinking, wow, thank you. Flushing, running water, I can flush the toilet. Thank you. Like things you may not even think about, things you may not even, you know, recognize. It's all good grace. Everything we have is grace. And thankfulness recognizes that everything you have is a gift. It's, it's by his grace. Everything is good grace. And when you say thankful, you, you're glorifying God. And here you go. The more you thank God, the more you glorify God. And because you recognize everything is a gift from God, the more grateful to God you become. The more you thank God, the more thankful you become. And it shapes every part of your life. And it really reveals who you are. We were at an elder retreat not too long ago, and uh, elder staff. And it was just interesting to, to observe the elders around the tables, speaking to the waiter, the people that run the place. Man, I must have heard the word thank you a hundred times that weekend. It made me so proud of my, our elders that they, they, they are so thankful for every little thing they have, for each other, for this church, for this food, for this place to be, a chance to be together. Really, thankfulness reveals our character and who we are because we recognize that everything is God's good grace and we want to turn it back to him. But it's easy to be thankful and thank for, in things that are easy, or at least things that benefit us. But it's harder to be thankful when things are hard. And here's an acronym I have, the word thanks, that I want to kind of go through some things that maybe you don't think about being thankful in. For example, trusting in trials. It's hard to even contemplate, but God includes trials in that everything statement in, in, uh, in Ephesians and and uh, we think about this verse, even James 1, 22 through 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So truly, we all experience various trials and challenges. Money, health, family, we all experience the challenges. And so when you're in a trial, you have to decide, is God in control? Yes or no? Thank you. Is God faithful? Thank you. And does God work all things for good? And if you can say yes in every single one of those statements, you can be thankful in your trial because you know that God, through his faithfulness, in his goodness, and in his power, will work this out for his glory. I just... Happened to catch eyes with Luke back there. Many of you guys know what's going on with the Aiden family. Maybe emotional for a second. Because it feels hard to share this message when I know that there are a lot of people like them and others that are going through so many hard trials. Or you may despair of life or challenges in your family. And yet this is true. That if you say, yes, I trust you, God, that you're good, you're faithful, and you're in control, I want to say thank you. I saw this quote the other day. It says, the only thing complaining does is convince others, people, that you are not in control. That's true, isn't it? But as Christians, if we complain, not only are we saying that we're not in control, we're saying that God is not in control.
But when you say thank you, you are expressing that God is intimately involved in your life and in my life, and he works in the trials. So how can you be thankful? Say, God, I trust you. You're good. I trust that you're faithful. I trust that you're in control. It's practical. It's glorifying to God, but it is really hard. But here's the truth. What can God do with someone who is thankful in all situations? Anything. If we can trust him for his glory. Well, we can trust God in our trials. When we give thanks, we also find hope in our humbling. (laughs) I hope you can hear me on this one. Being thankful in a humbling situation feels near impossible, doesn't it? Whether you, something on your face or something on your shirt, maybe you fall in the lunchroom for a kid or somebody makes fun of you, maybe you get an F in a paper, or maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you blow it in your game you're playing in, or maybe you blow it at work, or maybe you blow it at home, or my personal favorite, you just say something stupid and <laughs> you feel like an idiot. Right? I, that, that, one, that one's uh, familiar to me. Feeling humbled is really hard. And God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. And so these humbling moments that are so hard and they're just so good because every time you get humbled, it's a gift. It's so weird to think, when I get embarrassed myself, I'm supposed to be thankful? Yes, right? That's how I, how I view it because it's a gift. Because I, I don't want to be proud. I don't want God to oppose me. I want the good grace. So I want to be thankful even in those humbling moments because God keeps us humble and when we humble ourselves and we thank him in those hard times it keeps us dependent and kind and soft-hearted and compassionate. It's good to laugh at yourself. It's good to embrace being humbled. So when you get humble, thank him. Less of you, more of him. I remember a time when I first started trying to apply this idea of being thankful in every situation. I was actually working with the junior high group. This is many years ago, back at the old building. And I was going to school at University of Washington. Go dogs. And uh, I was coming across the bridge, and I was actually early. This is like, I think, the first time in the history of mankind. And I had a choice. I could go to church and be early and hang out with everybody, or I could go to Ross Dress for Less because I needed some new shorts. So my godly, you know, self decided that I was going to take a left and go to Ross Dress for Less. And I got in there, but I was feeling very conflicted as I was going to Ross because I should have been going to church, right? That would have been the godly thing to do. So I was a little bit distracted. I got out of my car, started walking in, and do my usual thing. You know, I check for my keys, check my wallet, check my keys, 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 keys. Well, I had locked my keys in my car, and it was running. So not only now am I not going to be early, now I'm not going to get any shorts, <laughs> I don't know how I want to get to church. So thankfully, Sears, still at 148th, right, was there. Got me, gave me a little jimmy, and about 30, 45 minutes later, I was able to get my keys out of my car. And now I'm late. I'm really frustrated. But I heard a little small voice say to me, be thankful. And I was like, what? Be thankful? I sinned. I was stupid. I did this. How can I be thankful in this moment? I was thoroughly humbled. And, but I did. I said, <clears throat> thank you. <laughs> it wasn't my best moment of gratitude. I was just purely frustrated. 
And uh, so after getting out 45 minutes, I get in the car, I rush off, trying to be thankful. And I'm, I'm, I'm about, you know, a quarter of a mile past Sears. And all of a sudden, I look over to the left. I happen to notice this kid walking this way. And I'm like, who? That, that's Jeff. Jeff was in our youth group. And we're about a mile and a half from church. We're, I mean, we're right by Jack in the Box on 148. I'm like, what's he doing? So I did a UE, came back, and I came up right as he was about to cross over. I'm like, right here. I'm like, Jeff, what are you doing? And he looked, and he's, Steve. I'm like, get in. We went and got slippers, and we started talking. And what he said to me was, he said, my mom and dad, we're having a really hard time. I just need to get away. And I was like, wow. Like, I could not have planned that or timed that any better. But in my own humbling, in my own issues, my own decisions, in that moment when God said, please be thankful, just trust me, right? Because really, thankfulness is trust. Just trust me and say thank you. God, in that moment, allowed me to see how he can work out all situations for his glory. So you may not have heard this from before, but be thankful when you get humbled, right? Because God can use that in, in amazing ways. The third one here is what we call an assurance in anxiety. A few weeks ago, I, I spoke right here to a full crowd of students here at our youth ministry on Wednesday night about anxiety. And this is an area that's very close to me. I'm not sure if you struggle with anxiety or not, but I do. And, and being thankful in things that make me anxious, it feels near impossible. But there are a lot of things that are different uh, between anxiety and being anxious. And so, but I will say this, that God does say that we are not to be anxious. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How does this work? Well, we know we're not supposed to be anxious because the Bible says that there. So there's three things we've got to do. The first is prayer. And prayer in this scenario is basically just saying, God, you're incredible. God, you're amazing. You're sovereign. You're powerful. So whether you're struggling with a financial issue or a family issue, right, or, or you're struggling just with your own mind, your thoughts, or whatever things causing you anxiety, the first thing you need to do is you say, okay, God, you're good. You're powerful. You're in control, right? You're recognizing and you're centering yourself. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what it means to pray. A general prayer, reminding yourself who God is. And that's, and that's a great, just, that's a great, like, you know, this is for free, right? That you would just start your prayers reminding yourself who God is. The second thing it says is, and supplication, which supplication is a specific issue. God, help me if we struggle with our finances at our home or our health or our family situation. Whatever those things are, it's a specific request, right? So first you praise God. Second, you, you pray about the supplication. You pray supplication. The third thing, though, is Thanksgiving. And you're like, Thanksgiving? I mean, we might lose our house. We're struggling. With, I'm not sure what the doctor's going to say. I don't know what we're going to... I mean, all of these things. And you think, why would I be thankful? <laughs> Especially in this moment. Well, thankfulness is basically saying, you trust God. That he's got it. That no matter what happens, he's going to work all things for his good. For his glory. And in a sense, it's just like, it's like this thing of like, almost like you're, 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 you're saying a fore, foresight. Like, I'm thankful because it's going to happen, even before it happens. When I was thinking about how to explain this, 
Again, I thought of Steph Curry. <laughs> and uh, you got to watch how he shoots this three-pointer over here. He's the bottom, the bottom right there. He gets this ball. He shoots it. He turns around, and then he goes away. Like, talk about confidence, right? It's like he just shoots it. He's like, yep, okay, I'm going. I, <laughs> I love that, right? Because that's kind of like what I feel like... Uh, that's kind of what I feel like with the idea of anxiety. When we stay thankful, it's like we're shooting and we're just like turning around. Okay, God, you got this, right? And what happens when we do that? When we say thank you in a hard situation, well, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What do you need in anxious moments more than anything? You need peace. And that's what God promises. Now, I've found in my life that sometimes I pray this, and do this whole thing, and then four minutes later, I'm anxious again. So I do that prayer again, and keep praying again, and keep praying until the peace wins out. But that's what God's saying regarding anxiety, that we're supposed to be thankful in anxiety. And this next one here is what we call neutralizing the noise. Now, we're not talking about physical noise, kids, right? I mean, I know parents, we know that there's lots of noise going on in our house. But that is counted as everything, just so you know. When you hear noise in your house, that's something you're supposed to be thankful for, right? That's just part of it. What I'm talking about is the noise that we hear on the, the news or the headlines, the noise from our self-doubts, the noise, what we say about ourselves or what others say about us or what social media is saying about us or not saying about us, noise that leads us to doubt or to fear, the noise in our heads that says you're not enough, you'll never be good enough, you'll never overcome your addictions, you'll never be loved. Noise is like a warning light on your car. Something is wrong. What I want to encourage us this morning is to neutralize that noise. Is you got to thank God for the warning light. Thank you, Lord, that I feel this way. Thank you for the noise in my head. And then you got to take it to another level, which is thank you that you're going to heal that part of my life. For example, thank you for how you created me, my looks and my imperfections that I struggle with that. Thank you that you created me and you know me. Thank you for my imperfections, my lack of skills, the lack of things I see in my life that are, are just a mess. Thank you for those things. And thank you that, God, you will work all things for good for your glory. And you'll use this mess that I am to please you. Lord, thank you for COVID. How many people have been thanking for COVID? Have you thanked God in COVID? Because that's also part of what this everything is. God, thank you for reminding me you are in control, even when the world feels out of control. Thank you, God, for the politics that's going on in our country. Lord, I know I can be thankful because you pick the kings. You accomplish what you want to accomplish, that I don't need to worry nor complain on any situation about what's going on. Being thankful neutralizes that noise so you can trust God. And it's such a different approach with how the world's living. And you step into this, it will change how you live in an incredible way. The last thing I have here today is kindness in the Comcast. Now, I couldn't use Comcast here because it's trademark. Now, am I the only one who has internet issues? Seriously, right? The last two years, I've been trying to figure out my Comcast situation. And I call in, and I call in. Now, I'm sorry if there's any Comcast people that work here. But I'm telling you what, like, you guys are famous for making people lose their sanctification. <laughs> All you have to do, 
is look up bad customer service and Comcast on Google. It's not pretty. But it's not just Comcast, right? My daughter was friend was trying to change her flight to get back home, and she called Delta. And uh, I said, please wait for the... <laughs> well, this is what I said. This is a true story. Please wait. You know, they go, please wait for the next customer service agent. The wait time is 31 hours. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I was going to record it, and I called back on it, right, a little later with my, my daughter, and I actually recorded it, and it, it's this time it only said two hours. Please wait two hours. Needless to say, they didn't wait. But whether it's a flight customer service or waiter or waitress or the government workers or lunch lady or nurse or admin person or insurance agent or just trying to get through your phone to talk to some customer service, one, three, five, seven, zero, 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 zero. How many of you do that zero thing? Just hoping that eventually it'll get to somebody I can actually talk to. And you know what I mean. These are the kind of things that just want to make you pull your hair out, right? These daily interactions in our lives with people who make us want to just, just scream or they don't treat us with respect, or they don't seem to care, or they don't flex, or they have no idea what they're doing, God says, say, thank you. They are God's good grace to you in that moment, teaching you patience, helping you need the Spirit to treat people with joy and love. And it is a witness. Anyway, I was, I was trying to fix Comcast for the 40th time last weekend, and I uh, had four different people that I had to talk to, at one point, I was about to, about, about to hang up, and actually, it was a little bit different experience. I was like, wow, they must have done some things, because people were a little friendlier and a little more helpful, but it still took me four times. And by the fourth person, I just about hung up, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to hang on. I was watching a basketball game. I was just chilling, and I just felt thankful. I don't know why. I wasn't me. I'll just be honest say that. And... Uh, I was talking to this guy, and, he's, and he was just talking, and he said, hey, do you mind waiting a second? I need to do this. I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. And he's like, wow, thank you. And he said it was like so emphatic. I was like, what do you mean? Do you, do you get a lot of people on these calls that are rude and impatient? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> All the time. And I was like, well. And we keep talk, kept talking. I said, you know, I, I really just try. I was like, how do I share Christ in a call that I know is being recorded? So, but I was, like, uh, I was like, you know, I honestly, I just try to treat people. I try to treat people the way I don't want to be treated. And he's like, oh, that's so good. He says, it's not hard to be kind. Well, I, I went up talking to this guy a little longer. Ends up, he lives in Guadalajara, Mexico. He's 17 years old. He works for Comcast, and he's finishing up his degree. And his dream someday is to come to America. And I thought about that. There's so many things about that encounter. First of all, thankful for being in America. This is the place where he would love to come. He's 17 years old, trying to make ends meet and go to school. And then he knows when people are rude and impatient. And I just was like, all of those emotions kind of all wrapped in me at one, and I just started thinking about this idea of being kind in the Comcast. Thankfulness makes us kind in the Comcast. It treats people like real people, and it really as simply as just saying, thank you. Exactly. Just being thankful. I'm just saying I'm not above this. I don't deserve perfect attendance. I'm just going to be thankful in all situations. So as we wrap up this message, I have to ask the question, though, how do we deal with these things, these real frustrations, these real anger moments, these real challenges? How do we move from anger to thankfulness? Sometimes it's really as simple as just saying thank you. Instead of getting mad in those moments, just stopping and saying thank you. 
Sometimes it comes out like I did when I was in that car and I was frustrated. Thank you. <laughs> but God hears it. And you just stop, pause long enough to say, thank you. I trust you. You're in this moment. Thank you that I can hear. Thank you that I can see. Thank you that I'm healthy. Thank you how you provided for me. Thank you for my family. Just reveling in gratitude, allowing those moments to be shifted, to be upended like judo, right? You think you're there, and then you're right there. You're on top because you recognize that you want to give God glory in that moment. Even those Comcast moments. One thing that uh, I know has been, even psychologists will say, start a thankfulness journal, a thanksgiving journal, writing those things out, giving God glory, reminding ourselves and shaping your heart. One of the things the Psalms does is so beautiful is that it always has this idea that when people complain, instead of complaining to each other, we complain to God. And right here on, on uh, Psalm 142, he says, With my voice I cry out to the Lord. With my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before Him. I tell my trouble before Him. Complain to God. That's fine. Tell Him how you're really feeling. Because what, what you'll find more than than not, is as the end of the psalm goes, verse 7, bring me out of my prison that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Lastly, as you process through this, as you process through uh, these struggles you're going through, you've got to come to ask the question, is God in control? Is God faithful? And is God good? I know we've covered a lot in this message, but I wonder if it was just like one thing that God kind of pointed out to you and said this right here. Because we can hear a message like this and walk away and nothing can change and it's just fruitless. It's a waste of our time. But if you can take one thing and put it into practice, not only will you glorify God, but you'll bring joy to yourself. Amen? I'm going to give you a minute before we pray just to kind of process through what that is and commit that to the Lord, and then I'll end with prayer. God, you're so good. Your grace... Everything is grace. So in this moment, Lord, we just remember and we repent of our sin and our complaining and our, our just forgetting your goodness to us. And we realize that everything we have is from you. Everything is for you. Everything is to you. So God, I pray that you would help us to be the most thankful people. And that God, that our families and our kids would have this legacy of just this gratitude in our hearts that our parents look at, they always are thankful. I pray for the kids, Father. Father, that we as kids and youth, students, God, would be the most grateful people because of what you've done for us and starting with the gospel and all the way down the provisions that we have. God, I pray for those that are in tough times right now and trials that they don't know will ever end. God, I pray that you give them strength. Father, I pray that you would help us to trust you in these trials. Too thankful.
Lord, may you be glorified. May you know how much we recognize that everything is from you, in good and in bad. In Jesus' name, amen.